0: hallelujah all right we're gonna settle ourselves hallelujah he is faithful he is faithful even though today is mother's day there is this is not in my message (laughs) but there is an aspect about the father that he extracted from himself. Even though we came from Adam's side, the life that was breathed into us and given to us was from our Father. And even though we may not be male and we are women or women, <laughs> there's a part about us that represents Him. And as women of God, we need to know that. He loves us just as much. He cares for us just as much. Amen. Go ahead and uh, lower the music a little bit. I'm actually going to jump right into the message because I have a lot. we pray first before I do the message father I thank you right now your spirit father has already rested upon us father you're already here father already ready to do father what you have called us to do already willing father to work through these vessels father we thank you for your word we thank you father for your healing touch we thank you father for all that you are doing in us doing through us and Father, what will you will, Father, continue to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. So I'm going to jump right into the message. As daughters of God, sometimes it becomes a frustrating journey as we transition through life. And sometimes we reach places and we begin to see a stunt in our growth not realizing that there are certain roles that must be played in each transition of our lives for the assignment to function properly. And most of the time in my experiences in these areas, we tend to fail to play the role for whatever reason, whether it was because it wasn't shown to us properly as a model, It wasn't imparted into us through the right type of women that we were around. Or there's just a loss of interest in playing the role based on what society or culture says that we should act like. You can lower that just a little bit more, that music. So I would take you through the stages or the roles of what this looks like according to the word and how the Father designed the ministry of a woman to look like. This will not, of course, be an inexhaustible list, but it will be a necessary one. One that creates an atmosphere of honor, one that creates an atmosphere of holiness, one that creates an atmosphere of obedience, and an atmosphere of growth. So I'm going to minister an encouraging word to you today, an uplifting message on the ministry of being a woman in Christ. The ministry of being a woman in Christ.
1: Did you know to be a
0: woman or a daughter in Christ is actually a ministry? Now, Apostle Hardy graciously laid out for us the definition of ministry to us through his bodybuilding series. He told us, if I can paraphrase, he told us that ministry is the service and the administration towards the body that after being perfected, Amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, which is the first family, it is expanded as influence within our communities. And so that pillar, that ministry pillar, has the ministry of being a woman inside of it as it is a multi-dimensional role that must be played out properly. In order for the roles to function effectively, amen. Amen. So, there are four roles in the ministry of being a woman first is daughters of God, then there are women of God, then there are wives, and there are mothers. You will fall in one or multiple categories that will sometimes overlap. But first, I'm going to minister to all of the daughters of God. Amen? Amen. And And well, I'm going to take you to Psalms. It's funny. <laughs> it's where uh, Serena began with her prayer. And that's actually where I begin in my message. Psalms 139, 13 through 14. Psalms 139, 13 through 14 okay you don't have that what's the first scripture then okay no alright that's okay we'll write it down Psalms 139 13 through 14 I'm reading two translations first is the King James version then the second is the New Living Translation first the King James Version And it says, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth very well. The New Living Translation says, you made all of the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Do you know how well you've been made? Or do you still compare yourself to other women? Our father said that we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. The workings of the human body are stunning in their design and in their execution. We know far more than David ever did about how we are made from an intellectual perspective because of science, and it should make us full of more praise than David ever had. As a woman, there is no need even to be afraid of the LGBTQ plus community because no matter how they try to take on the form of a woman, they may even look better than some women in appearance. But the ability to reproduce is not in the intricate workings of their inner parts. That's the father's hand that's how he made us, the ability to be able to multiply generations in our wombs. Men will always be the seed carriers, and we love them. And the woman will always carry the egg in the womb for production and multiplication. Amen. Second, as daughters of God, he has a plan and a purpose for our life. It's important that you get that when you are a young woman. You get that if you're a widow. You get that if you're single, single with kids, divorced, engaged, married, whatever it is your status is. There is no point to handcrafting you as a masterpiece if he didn't have a purpose for you. I don't think you understand what I'm saying so let's go to Ephesians 2 and 10 now I'm going to be reading the voice version and the amplified version now the voice version is a is not a good version if you want to study the voice version of the Bible is a good version of the Bible if you want to read the Bible chapter by chapter in order to get the overall big picture of what the chapter is actually talking about so Ephesians 2 and 10, it says, For we are the product of his hand. Heaven's poetry, Mm, beautiful. Heaven's poetry etched on lives, created in the anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works that God arranged long ago. The Amplified Version says, and I love the Amplified Version. It always breaks it down as far as you can go. It says, for we are his workmanship. And if you don't know what workmanship, it lets you know. His own masterwork, a work of art. Talking to you. Created in Jesus. It means that you are reborn from above, spiritually transformed and renewed, ready to be you good works which he prepared for us the key word here is beforehand which means that you are taking paths which he said not our own paths not the path somebody else wants for us to take but we are taking paths that he has said so that we would what walk in them Which means that if we walk in his paths, right, we're going to live the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. (laughs) There's no need to create you as an art, as a work of art, as a masterpiece. To allow his son to die. To allow the rebirth to take place. To prepare a path and a plan all ahead of time. All so that we can live the good life he already had for us. Why would a father do all of this if he had no plan or no purpose for your life? Third. There is no need to handcraft you as clay to make special vessels if he had no plan to use you and no purpose to assign you to. What woman do you know buys a vase in a store if she didn't already have in mind what she planned to do with it and how she was going to use it? You're not just taking up space you are daughters you are here by design and Jeremiah 18 3 through 6 is your evidence and I'm going to read true translations New Living Translation King James Version first the New Living translations Jeremiah this is probably one of my favorite scriptures favorite to read And verse 3 said, so I did as he told me, and I found the potter working at his will. But the jar that he was making did not turn out as he has hoped, so he crushed it into a lump of clay again, and he started all over. Then the Lord gave me this message, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Wow. Amen. Remember, I'm talking about you're here by design. King James Virgin said, So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot that he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to who? to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me and he said, "Can I not do with you Israel as this potter does? declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Hallelujah. The word marred, he says that when he went down to the potter's house and he saw him working at the wheel, the pot he was shaping from the clay, he said it was marred in his hands. The definition of marred is, it's kind of funny, is imperfectly perfect. He said that the clay was imperfectly perfect. Mard is a term used by potters because they understand when you are working with clay, it's impossible to mess it up. Because if there is an imperfect part, all you got to do is add water and reshape the pot. So what am I telling you? As daughters of God, you were made by design. You're not a mistake. And even if you keyword you even if you feel like you messed up even if you feel like you have imperfections in your features even in your character he's able to make all things brand-new he still heals broken hearts he still removes and renews minds he's still removing generational curses he's still able to redeem the time hallelujah Which leads me into my fourth point which is as daughters of god we are called to seek him and to trust his plans for our lives so because he knew us before we entered into our mother's wombs because he shaped us once we got in the womb because he changed our inner workings and we are his workmanship because we are taking the path that he has already, key word, prearranged for us to take in order what? All so that we can win. We have to do what? Trust him. Trust him. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, we are reminded of that. It said, trust in and Rely confidently on the Lord with all of your heart. Do not rely on your own insight or your understanding. So do away with your 411. You know how they used to say, what's the 411? That was back in the day. Do away with the 411. In all of your ways, know and recognize him. All your ways, know that is him and then recognize he will do it. And he says that he will make your path straight and he will make them smooth. I like when it says, as far as smooths, he will remove the obstacles that's blocking in your way. So you don't even have to worry about the obstacles that are before you. He said he'll remove them. It says we seek God's will for our lives. We can be assured that he will guide us and provide for us. Amen. Now, let me minister to the women of God in here. I first dealt with the daughters of God. Now, let me deal with the women of God in here. Now, as women of God, as we grow in our faith, we become women of God that seek and honor our father. All that we do, all we want to do is honor our father. Let's go to Titus 2, 3 through 5. It says, older women similarly are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor addicted to much wine. Can I speak to my older, more mature women in Christ? So that they may encourage the young women to tenderly love their husbands and their children. To be sensible, to be pure, makers of the home where God is honored. So, ladies, it starts at the house first. Good-natured, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. We see that the older women by age and those older in the faith and sonship are called to be reverent in the way that we live, to teach what is good, and to train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. And as older and more mature women of God, we are called to be what? Examples of what his love and his grace is to those that are around us. We influence, we pour in, we train, we uplift, we encourage, we edify. We should be the ones in which Galatians 6 and 1 talk about And it says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. And be careful, he said, not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Why would he tell us to be careful when we are restoring people? He tells us. He doesn't leave us to ourselves. He lets us know. 1 Corinthians 15 33 through 34 tells us it says do not be deceived bad company corrupts good morals be sober-minded Be sensible, wake up from your spiritual stupor as you ought and stop sinning. For some of you have no knowledge of God, you are disgracefully ignorant of him and ignore his truths. I say this to your shame. So, as women of God, as older women of God, mature women of God, when you restore somebody and gentleness and in meekness, but you are also spiritually careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. You are spiritually aware and spiritually woke and awakened. Being a woman of God means that we are committed to living our lives in accordance with the Father's word and to use our gifts and our talents to further advance the kingdom of God. When we decide to pour into other women, we spread the culture of our influence with the fragrance of Christ. This is the multifaceted nature of the Father. To raise you in a natural family, cause you to be born again through his son. Now you're placed in his family. He's giving you his DNA and you also now have created a family on earth which is in his body to represent what already took place in heaven. So what am I saying to you, women of God? Hmm. You help to birth out the culture of heaven on earth. When we pour into other women, when we serve. Amen? Now. All right, you wives. <laughs> the struggle is real, huh? <laughs> Finally, we come to the roles of wives and mothers in Christ but first wives first Peter three three through five and it says your adornment must not be merely external now before I go on it says merely external meaning what you wear should not be all that's to you (laughs) that when we meet you that's all you got going on with yourself It says, the adornment must not be merely external with interweaving and elaborate knotting of the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or being superficially preoccupied with dressing in expensive clothes, but let it be the inner beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality and the unfading charm of a gentle and a peaceful spirit. One that is calm, One that is self-controlled, not overly anxious, but serene and spiritually mature, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands and adapting themselves to them. Ooh, that hurt on every side, didn't it? So keeping a clean heart, number one, as a wife will always radiate a beauty that comes from within that begins to magnify your appearance. And the accessories or the jewelry that you wear will not come from Jared, sorry ladies. It will come from having a gentle, a meek and a peaceful spirit that you're baptized in. So, Dr. Hardy, how do we get some of this spiritual jewelry? I'm glad y'all asked. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking where to get this spiritual jewelry. Because once again, we're not going to Jared's. Okay? We'll be stopping by the Gentle and the Meek Diamond store. Amen? <laughs> and the price that you're going to have to pay for it. Because you've got to pay a price for it the price that you gotta pay for it is making sure that you have a calmness about yourself, making sure that you're self-controlled, making sure that you're not overly anxious, making sure that you have a peace about yourself, making sure that you're spiritually mature. Can I pour into you today? I know it hurts, but I gotta tell you the truth in love. When you work on these things, The Father says he's pleased with you. He told you a secret in verse 5. He said back in the day, this is why and how women were so beautiful. They didn't have all of this what's going on now today. That's why they were so beautiful. He said they adorned themselves. They made themselves beautiful by submitting to their husbands and adapting themselves to them. Don't let the world fool you. Don't you know the most beautiful women in the world condemn their beauty by being rebellious? Don't you know some of the most beautiful women in the world condemn their beauty by being loud, by being unforgiving, by being hard-hearted, by being bitter, by being full of anger? having a poisonous and harsh words towards their husbands. I'm telling you, I've seen it every single time. He leaves the one with the BBL in the hourglass shape to marry the plain and the meek and the gentle. Why? Because it's a beauty by itself. It's something that can't be paid for. What does that tell us wives? There is a beauty that has not been tapped into yet. But when you submit to your husband like Abba says, you will represent the power behind order and headship in Christ. You will be the foreshadow of what is true already in heaven. It's not about how you feel, okay ladies? I love you, but I gotta tell you the truth in love. Your feelings are valid and so are you. But that's not what it's all about. I need you to hear me, wives, and those soon-to-be wives. Your submission represents how Christ, the Son, submitted to the Father. Your submission represents how Christ, even though he did nothing wrong, and sometimes that's how you're going to feel. You're going to feel like you did nothing wrong. Even though he did nothing wrong, he took the burden of the sin and he placed it upon himself to give himself like a ransom. So sometimes, guess what, ladies, another spiritual curse word, you're going to have to make a sacrifice. Can I be honest with you? And those, the Bible said, that hung him, he said, Father, forgive them. If he can do it, so can we. Your submission, wives, talking to my wives and my soon to be wives, your submission represents how the bride of Christ is made clean through the washing of the Word of God. I know it doesn't feel good, but as your husband washes you with the Word, The Bible says you become clean, unblemished, spotless. Your husband is honoring Christ when he does it, which means that what? It's a benefit for you. Just like it's a benefit for the bride of Christ. Wives, your submission represents that Christ is actually in you. Because without Christ... Let's be for real, like my daughter would tell me, be for real. (laughs) Let's be for real, (laughs) ladies. Some of us may not even be married if it wasn't for Christ working in us and through us and on you. It's part of the glory. You know your bad attitude will run a man off. You know your cold and hardened heart would miss the blessings of the Father. You know your selfish ways would make a man leave you. But Abba, but Abba is faithful to give us what we need. A man after his own heart with the dominion and the power to wash you with the word sometimes we wouldn't even know we needed to change unless someone brushed up against us and said you got a bad attitude and you need to change that In Ephesians five twenty two and through 33 we see that the wives were called to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord and that husbands were called to love their wives as Christ loved the church so let me ask you a question wives if you were married to Jesus because we need the son that was in the flesh in order for this to be legit if you were married to Jesus and you knew he was Jesus how would you treat him how would you treat him well whatever your answer is then treat his son the same way that you would treat him Because guess what? Christ is in your husband. He just has a different earthen suit that Jesus had. The same, what the Bible says, the same spirit that was in Jesus is in us. So newsflash, if you're married, you are married to Christ. So when you treat your husband in an ungodly way, you have to know that is the way you're treating Christ. And last are my mothers. Happy Mother's Day to you. We celebrate you. We honor you. We ask the Father for grace for you and to bless you. Amen. Being a mother is, ooh. Something. (laughs) I want to encourage all of my mothers today because raising children is a ministry in itself. It can be difficult sometimes, and it doesn't seem like we're making a difference in their lives. It doesn't seem like anything is changing, nothing is taking place. It looks like the culture is just swallowing the children up. But be encouraged today. You're raising giants. You're raising overcomers. You're putting the hand to the plow. You're sacrificing yourself. He sees your labor of love. The role of a mother is one that comforts. The role of a mother is one that trains. The role of a mother is one that loves. Yes. Fathers give our children their identities. They need to know who they are. But the role of a mother is just as important to your children. You open up the heart of the father. You show your children what the heart of the father actually looks like. A mother's love heals brokenness. That's why some of us are broken today. Because our mothers failed to love us. So we have these big castle, what I call Jericho walls, in us. That's housing strong men. And our thoughts erected in our minds. We're housing rebellion. We're housing witchcraft. Because of what our mothers did or did not do. Funny thing. I was in prayer, praying, and I was raised by a single mother. My mother was, one thing I'll tell you about, we, we didn't have a close relationship as we were growing, as I was growing up, but one thing I can say about my mother is that my mother was a woman through and through. She was a woman through and through, she was. There's a lot of things that my mother taught me, but as far as our relationship, it's it's always been partial. And so I was in prayer, praying recently a few months ago and um, the Holy Spirit had already been, and the Father had already been talking to me. Call your mom, call your mom, call, because y'all know I stay busy. I stay busy if it's if it's not my private practice if it's not doing something for my husband if it's not doing something for the kids doing something for the ministry I I, I stay busy doing things and so I hadn't got the chance to call my mother in a while and he had been pushing on me He's like call your mom call your mom call your mom and so it was so heavy on me one morning I said okay (laughs) all right I'm gonna do it so I called her and uh, immediately, she said to me, because uh, my mom is also uh, a praying woman, that's the reason why I'm here today. And she said, uh, my mom always had these weird hours, and she and she still got those weird hours today. She get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, she go to bed at 3 o'clock in the evening. And so I called her, and uh, she said I was, she was like I was praying. And I said, I know. I said that's why I called you uh, because I knew you would be up she said I was praying and the Holy Spirit had already told me that you were going to call me she said but I just didn't know when you were going to do it and I said yes and so we just began to talk and catch up like that and then towards the end of the call she told me I love you now for some that may not seem like a lot but for me That was everything for me. It was everything for me. Because all throughout my childhood, even though my mother was physically there, she was not there. She was there, but she was not emotionally there for me. And so when she said, I love you, I had never heard my mother say that to me. And when she said it to me, I kid you not, y'all, I, I told my husband and my children after I got off the phone what my mother is I'm telling you, it's like something just broke in me. I just, uh, something just broke in me and I just, there's a place in my soul. It just started to heal and it became whole all over again. And so, a mother it's more important than what you think you can heal or or put your children on a course a path of light just by the words in which you speak to them so I want to minister to you for those that don't know what the role of a mother is doing for your children because it can get it can get hard sometimes you can get discouraged Especially, I, t- I told my husband, I would not want to do this by myself. Especially if you're doing it by yourself. So let me minister to our mothers. Genesis 3 and 20, I'm going to start at. And the word says that the man named his wife Eve, life spring, life giver, because she was the mother of all the living. You are. You are, like our apostle goes through the messages for the I am, you are mothers of all living things. As a mother, you are a life spring, a life giver. You give life. That's why we can't be for abortion. That's why we can't have that vote. Because... You give life you don't take it away Genesis 3 and 15 says and I will cause hostility he was talking to the serpent when he was laying out these consequences he said and I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring and he will strike your head and you will strike his heel newsflash mothers you want to know why you feel like you're fighting and it seems like opposition is on every side and that you turn verse 8 tells us there is hostility between you and the serpent there is hostility between you and Satan. he got beef with you because you're giving life to more sons and daughters You're multiplying the family of God on the earth, creating more Christ-like people through your womb. But because of your disobedience of listening to him, your labor will come with pain. But your offspring that you birth out will rise up and fight against his offspring. Proverbs 1, 8 through 9 says, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instructions. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. So as a mother, you're giving your children instructions. I know it don't seem like they're taking to it, but you're giving your children's instructions. When you do that, the Bible says, you put a crown on their head of grace. You release the chains of honor that are visible in the spirit realm around their necks. Proverbs 31, 26 through 29 says, when she speaks, her words are wise. And she gives instructions. There that word go again. She gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world. But guess what, mothers? You surpass all of them. As a mother, you may feel like the most forgotten species on the earth, the last one, the last to receive a blessing. But I'm here to tell you that you're not. You're looking at the businesswoman, those in charge of Fortune 500 companies, those who look in charge and prominent. But your father says in verse 29, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Deuteronomy 4 and 9. It says, only pay attention and watch yourself closely so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children. Make them known to your grandchildren. Impress these things on their mind. Penetrate their hearts with their truth. As mothers, the reason you went through so much is not to forget the battles that you have fought, won, lost, the wisdom that came from your experience. He tells us in this verse, don't forget what your eyes have seen, all that you have learned. It's not just for you. Teach this wisdom, he said, to your children. Teach this wisdom, he said, to your grandchildren, to impress and impart into them the mind of Christ. That's what you're doing when you're mothering them. No, it don't feel good, but you're impressing upon their minds the mind of Christ to your children to penetrate their heart with the truth of his word. Your experience and your wisdom should penetrate the hearts of your children and your grandchildren. It's not a platform for you to be hurt. It's a platform of wisdom to impart. Amen. All that he has done for you. Took you out of. Healed you from. All the stuff he has taught you. Tell your daughters. Don't give yourself to different men. It creates strongholds and imaginations and doors that you don't want opened. Tell your sons, wait until God gives you your wife. Wait until you have a vision before you get married. Because if you don't, you'll frustrate a woman. Tell your grandkids, the promise of the father belongs to you. You're the next generation to reveal his heart. So be holy. Speak to their souls. Tell their destinies to come forward. Tell your children, I love you. They need to hear that from you. Just like you need to hear Abba say, I love you. They need to hear that from you. I tell my children, I love them all the time. They're like, oh, we know, mama, we know. You say you love us. (laughs) I tell them, that, not because I don't say it enough because I say it all the time, <laughs> but I need to say it. I have to say it. I don't even wake my children up in no, any kind of way, and they'll tell you, I call them ladies. I call them princesses. I call them daughters of God. I call them brilliant. I call them beautiful. I tell my daughters, you're going to make wonderful wives. You're not going to be somebody's side piece. That's dead. (laughs) That's dead. You're going to be somebody's wife. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. And it says... These words which I am commanding you today shall be written on your heart and your mind. You shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing, once again, God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truth and shall speak to them when you sit in your house and when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. What the Father is teaching you You will teach to your children. Once again, he says, Impress his word. Impart his words in their minds. Penetrate their hearts with his truth. Talk about Abba to them when you're just walking around the house. When you're on the road. When you're sitting down, when you're resting, when you're getting ready to get up, there should be a constant conversation of who he is and what he has done. Is that not what he wants from you as a relationship with you, being a daughter of God, a constant conversation with you? Guess what? He desires the same thing naturally as mothers, a constant conversation that says, you are loved. They need to hear that. That's why our girls are seeking counterfeit affections in other places. They have no business doing it. Why? It wasn't poured into them. And that's how you pour it in. You tell them. You're special. You are holy. Train them. Comfort them. Love them. Mothers. You represent the comfort of the Spirit of God. Mothers, you represent the heart of the Father. You represent the grace and the mercy and the sacrifice of love. Yes, it seemed like you sacrifice, sacrifice. It seems like that's your middle name. Sacrifice is just your middle name. Yes, it is because that's what he did. He sacrificed. You represent that. You sacrifice your life for them. Your womb, your birth and pains, the ability to birth out children represents the birth and pains that he has with his spiritual children. The seed of Christ in us trying to birth out Christ in us into a family. You're special. Women, you're marked. (laughs) You are good. Just like he said in the beginning when he made you, you are good. So as we journey from being daughters of God to becoming women of God, to becoming wives, to becoming mothers, our roles have to be played out in order for us to be effective. It's time for us to be effective women again. This, the culture has just literally just, it's, it's all it's birthing out is pain. That's all it's birthing out is trauma. That's all it's birthing out for our women is, is no hope. Amen. So let us do this. I'm going to actually pray um, a prayer of release, a pray a prayer of forgiveness over you, and then I'm going to impart some things into you. So I'm going to have you guys stand up. Hallelujah. you raise the music up we're just going to pray I just need you to activate your tongues I'm going to pray a prayer of release because even though we have some men in here you came through a woman you had a mother or you have a mother so this is also for you just, just activate your tongues ronara baranda rebi shira ndene meserebi ronara baranda rebi